Welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage advice from two technology experts. But that's not just what we call ourselves. It's what our moms tell people when their sons move across the country. I'm your host, Luke Miani. And I'm your host, Noah Rubin. On the show, we take questions from listeners, attempt to answer them to varying degrees of success, and maybe even have a laugh or two along the way, or a move or two along the way. In this case, just one. Indeed. Well, technically, technically two, because if I'm not mistaken, you moved to California back in 2021, which was also during dark mode. Okay, that's true. I will say, okay, in the past, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the past year, the past uh, month, even we'll call it, we'll call it one. But that is true that uh, we have both. You moved. said along the way, along the way. Okay, okay. You know what? Since the beginning of dark mode, we did both move to California. So mm-hmm. I will, I will, I will give that to you. Two, two moves. There you go. Two moves. I mean, you you said two uh, a move or two along the way, and that's exactly what we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and interestingly, I'm noticing here in the chat, someone is joking about my cars getting smashed in shipping. Fortunately, no issues there. However, I did have my PC monitor get smashed in shipping. So I didn't quite make it here scot-free. We do have a casualty of the move. That's not only that, but a lost package too. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the 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 lost package is less concerning. It's it's um, it's like a, a cable management thing that I'm gonna put on my desk. I'm kind of like building a desk. Um, I didn't. I was like looking at getting, uh, you know, an off the shelf desk, right? Something on West Elm or Wayfair or something. I don't know. But I didn't really like any of them. I wanted to have storage. I wanted to have like a cool color scheme and they were all kind of like first of all very expensive and second of all not really the dimensions i was looking for if i wanted to get a really wide desk they were really deep as well and i don't really need that so what i ended up doing was i went to ikea now i don't like ikea i don't furnish my apartment with ikea because it's all honestly very overpriced but the exception to that would be what I've done here, which is not really what you're supposed to do. But I bought two of those Alex drawer things. Like, you know, I think they're like 90 bucks. They have five drawers mm-hmm. and, you know, it, it, pretty usual stuff. But I got them in green, which is a fun color. And then I actually bought a countertop, like a prefab countertop, and just put it on top of the desks. And, and there you go. Hmm. We got a desk. Did you get the countertop from Ikea? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, that's pretty yeah. cool. So the all-in price, and it's a, it's a butcher block countertop. I think it's a veneer. I'm pretty sure they, I, I don't know why Ikea is allergic to solid wood. In fact, yeah, looking at the front of this desk, it is most certainly a veneer, but that's okay. The The whole thing in total, I think, was under $300 for a 74-inch wide desk. So pretty cost-effective, I would say. Yeah, it's pretty good. Unfortunately, I don't have a microphone arm yet, so I'm just kind of holding it today. 
we're still a little janky here, but things are coming along. That's good. Yeah, this definitely gives me the same vibe as uh, the Genius Bar podcast with Sam. Obviously, you know, your background's not quite as messy, but the same, you know, holding yeah. the microphone and, and uh, you know, whatever. It's, uh, it's good. It's, yeah. It's exciting. At least I have a legitimate light, you know? I'm well lit. I, I got the mic. I got the, the 4K camera. I got the plant. Look at that. Oh, good. There it is. Sam didn't have that. No, he just had some uh, some cardboard boxes behind him. Exactly. I have those too, but I pushed them off camera because I care. Wow, that's the that's the dark mode difference right there. Mm-hmm. We should patent that, the dark mode difference. Yeah, I like that. So so anyway, yeah. Um, I, I I have to figure out what content I'm gonna do. I'm only here actually very briefly until I go home for the holidays. But I'm trying to figure out what moving content to do. I've got one video that's like a studio setup, and then I've got another one that's gonna be a desk setup, which I've actually been working on for a long time, trying to get you know everything put together from various brands. So I, I'm hoping it's gonna be pretty cool, but. Stay tuned because it might not be cool and you won't want to miss me crashing and burning. I'll tell you that much. I think it'll be cool. I will be there in uh, just over a week to to inspect everything and ensure that it is yeah. you know reaching the coolness uh, threshold that we that we need here. That's good. That's a good idea. Yeah. I'm glad that we'll have the journalistic standards and integrity that you bring to the table. That's really excellent news, I think. Absolutely. And uh, so, yeah, the other the other piece of information that I've got is a little teaser, a little teaser. I don't know if you guys saw in the community tab. I've been doing a little a little teasing, a little a little goofing around there. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, in two days' time, I've got a video that I think you guys are really gonna like. And I actually started working on that video, if you can believe it, in May. Yeah, this yeah. one's been a long time coming. No one knows what it is. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. But you guys don't, and I'm not going to tell. Because I, it's probably one of the bigger, if not the biggest, project that I've done. I think, you know what, yeah, we're going to upgrade that to the biggest project that I've done. It's got it all. All right, we got we got some some vintage stuff in there. We got some repair. We got you know the classic. Uh, my one of my most viewed videos is I bought a pile of MacBooks, fixed them up. One of my other most viewed videos is I bought a 2007 MacBook Pro. Kind of combined some elements from those, and you've got yourself a recipe for a pretty banger video. It's 34 minutes long. Wow, that's <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, now someone in fairness did say, is it bigger than flying to Australia for the iPhone release? I would say in terms of concept, probably not, but in terms of project, yes. And someone said, did I buy more iPhone 4s? The answer is no. But that is also one of my most viewed videos. So kind of add that to the mixing pot and you've got yourself a pretty good hint as to what's coming out in two days' time. 
Yeah, I would say, you know, not to spoil anything, but I think it does mm. it does reach that coolness threshold that, that we were talking about just a minute ago. I think it is uh not only reaches but exceeds, I would uh I would say oh, it's, I would it, it absolutely gets the uh the, the seal of approval. It gets the seal of the Noah seal of approval? Absolutely. Well that you know what, that's high marks. And if it gets the Noah seal of approval, then it can probably get yours. So be sure to stay tuned because it's coming out on December 5th. That's my little promo. Uh, And by the way, sorry, I keep looking off to the side here. I encountered a slight issue with my desk, and that is because it is so big. And my Mac Pro is not on top of it because I'm not insane. The Mac Pro is off to the side. And... It turns out the cord that they give you with the studio display is not very long. So my my display is way off to the side there. Oh. It's not it's not ergonomic at all. You might have to get one of those uh, $100, $120 uh, Thunderbolt cables or something to make it longer. Oh, God. I might have to. Is that how much they cost? How long is the $120 cable? Well, that's like this that's like the fancy like Thunderbolt 4 like whatever active power whatever it's called. I'm sure you could get one for cheaper. Yeah. That's true. I want to see how how long it is. I think it's 6 feet. I mean, Thunderbolt cables are expensive. There's a lot of technology in there. Yeah. But I, you know what, actually, as a as a part of this desk setup video that I'm working on here, I may actually be, I may actually be abandoning my studio display, leaving the Apple ecosystem for the display. Really, pretty crazy. Different display. Yeah, I know. It's uh, we'll see. Actually, wait a minute. Do I even have the display ports for what I want? Okay, I may need to get some adapters. Oh god. Interesting. Anyway, I don't know, you were talking about like the you wanted a Pro Display XDR for a while. I guess they still haven't updated it, so maybe you're still waiting. Yeah, for I that. mean Yeah. No, I if if the Pro Display XDR was less than 4 years old, sure. And if it was less than 6 grand, but I'm not trying to spend 2 months rent on one display especially because i'm now unfortunately noah i'm addicted to dual monitors really yeah i know Mm. didn't you 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 used to have dual monitors do you still have that in your room for work no i used to well i used to have dual monitors but i really like never you never used used it i never used it i like right now i have one monitor even at my office, I have one monitor. I like one one big monitor. That's my uh, that's my mm-hmm. my mo. Yeah, see, I there's there's a couple things that bother me about Apple right now, and the and the displays really just aren't good. Like the studio display, the only reason that the studio display is even remotely passable is because one, it's 5K, and two, it looks really, really good. But that's not enough. 
because it has a very plain, boring stand with like angle adjustment and nothing else. And it costs 1600 bucks and it's only 27 inches. Dude, come on. We can do better than that. Yeah, it's really, that thing was like, I mean, it's been weird since it came out, but it's too expensive for what it is. Like that, yeah. that thing alone, it's too expensive. And the fact that there's not a larger option is like pretty disappointing. I mean, except for the Protosite mm-hmm. XDR, which I would argue is a very different class of, uh, of product. Yeah. They like, they really need something in between. And I understand, you know, people are going to hear me say they need something in between. They're going to be like, I can't believe you're defending Apple for having a $1,600 monitor. I'm not, but I'm a pragmatic person, okay? Everyone's always like, I'm not buying another MacBook until they bring back upgradable RAM. And I'm like, okay, well, you're never going to buy a MacBook then because that ship has sailed. You know, I'm not going to wish for the impossible. I get that Apple brought this display out. Almost two years ago now, sixteen hundred bucks. Haven't touched it since. Same panel that you used to get a whole entire computer with for a hundred dollars more, but it's just not going to happen. But I would love to see Apple come out with like a thirty-inch display, maybe with mini LED, because realistically, that's what we're going to be getting on the Pro Display XDR eventually, hopefully. So, two three grand. 30-inch mini-LED, then you've got my money. But until then, I'm not buying another studio display. I could buy two completely different, better monitors for that amount of money, and I will. Yeah, I think it's just like... It's also reflective in what Apple's been doing with the iMac. Like, they just refreshed the iMac 24-inch with the new processors, and they outright Mm -hmm. stated that they're not doing... A 27 inch obviously that leaves the door open if they could do a 30 inch or a 32 inch whatever 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 but like whether or not you want to read between the lines they said they're not doing a 27 inch monitor like i don't know i think it seems like they've kind of given up on the on the desktop monitors which is really like really unfortunate i'm so mad about it noah i know i know what are they doing man look the iMac is so good. You have to understand, the iMac saved Apple, right? Think back to 1998, dog. Apple was, was on life support. Steve Jobs came back. He said, hey, what if we made a desktop that people want? And it wasn't a big, beige, hideous monstrosity. And it worked. People loved it. And the iMac was king. You go back to pre-Apple Silicon days and pre-2019 Mac Pro days, every single YouTuber had an iMac. The 27-inch iMac was the lifeblood of content creators, freelancers. I mean, that thing was the all-in-one, right? has never been more true than with that thing. It was perfect, except for Intel. But we know that now. Yeah, those, the iMac is, it really is such a great 
machine. It's like such an easy. It's like you know the MacBook Air is like the default you know Apple laptop, and it's so easy to recommend to people because it's so you know thin and light, and has great mm-hmm. battery life, and it has great performance thanks to Apple Silicon. Whatever, it's just so easy to recommend. Same thing with the iMac. It's such an easy thing to recommend. It has plenty of power for the majority of people. It has a very nice display in it. it has a nice set of speakers. You know the I/O is fine for for what it is like it's just it's a very nice very easy thing to 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 recommend but like i don't know it's just when when that 24 inch imac came out with apple silicon and we were like okay that's cool now you know where's the 27 inch where's the imac pro and then our dreams just like slowly uh you know crusted over like a syrupy sweet and uh and oh good if i even said that right yes i figured i knew you'd get that but uh, but it festered in the sun. Yes, exactly. So yeah. uh, so yes, and and it seems like it's like it's dead at this point. Absolutely. the The twenty seven inch iMac is a dream deferred. It is, dude. And the thing about the twenty seven inch iMac is it was a ridiculously good value. That's the thing. Like honestly, maybe that's why they killed it. They were like, dang. We're not ripping them off enough yeah. because you used to be able to get for less than three thousand dollars a. I'm talking like the later years of the 27 inch iMac, and ironically, we were mad about it at the time. 2019 uh, was the last like really relevant update to the iMac because when it got updated in 2020, it was literally like after they announced Apple Silicon, so nobody cared about it then. But in 20 18 or 2019 i think it was 2019 they didn't update it in 2018 you could get for less than three thousand dollars a really powerful at the time core i7 or core i9 you could you could upgrade the ram yourself dude you could put a crap ton of ram in that thing without even a screwdriver it had like the little hatch on the back it was great you could even you know open up those displays and even in the later years there you could Put in SSDs, put in hard drives if you wanted to, and you got a 5K display. I mean, it started at $1799, all right? In 2014, that's when the 5K iMac came out. In 2014, for $1799, you could get a 5K display with an entire Mac attached to it. And, And it wasn't like a slow one at that. It had... You know, for 2014, it was decent spec. D- the display alone would have cost you $17.99 if you could even find one because it's been impossible to find 5K displays. Windows laptops and, and PCs couldn't even output 5K. Apple had to design their own special internal dual Thunderbolt connection. I don't know if you knew that. But the original 5K iMac has internally on those GPUs, it was a specially modified GPU that was outputting two different display ports and the display was actually split right down the middle into two halves. And it was internally, uh, like on a firmware level, it recognized as like two displays that were then combined into being a single output. Like they literally had to do so much engineering to get that 5K, and it was 17.99. <laughs> yeah, 
I know. Crazy. And the, the crazy thing is, like, why would they not just make a larger studio display? Obviously, like, the value isn't there. The studio display as it is is too expensive. But if you could pay a couple hundred dollars more for, than the current studio display and get a one with a larger, you know, larger screen, at least you'd have the option. You know, at least it would be there. Right. I'm not saying it's a good value, but it would be there. Yeah, and look, that's that's a great point. I would buy it. If there was a 30-inch cinema display, studio display, sorry, I went back in time to yeah. 2004. Yeah, that's right. 20 years ago, Apple had a 30-inch display, but now Pro, Pro Display XDR, your only option. Four years, no updates. It has less local dimming zones than a 12.9-inch iPad Pro. Think about that for a second. And you're paying six grand for that display. But if there was a 30-inch studio display, it would be like 2,500 bucks. I don't even care. I would buy two of them. That's how much of a sucker I am. But they literally like, you, do, you have, do you understand how much Apple has to mess up for me to say, no thanks, I'm gonna buy a third-party monitor? I'm a sucker. They have to be really bad. Yeah, and it is it is pretty bad. It's pretty pretty unfortunate. Anyway, we talked a lot about we talked a decent amount here about IMAX. I also just checked the time and it said 6:26 and that tripped me out because normally we record this and it's 9:30 for me and now it's 6:30 and I'm like, "Oh, there's like time left after the podcast. What the hell?" Yeah, I was I was thinking like now you're going to see what it's like. Obviously, we've done a couple of episodes when you came to visit me, but now you'll really see what it's like to have the the six o'clock starting time. It's a blessing and a curse. I will Mm. I will say it's a blessing and a curse. Really? So wait, so is it a is it a curse because the like six o'clock starting time is kind of too early I could definitely see how like it would get in the way of like dinner plans. Although I guess seven is like a normal time to get dinner. Yeah, it can get in the way sometimes. Honestly, I mean Sundays are like you know pretty mm-hmm. pretty easy. But like earlier today, I went to the gym with my friends, and then we got food after we were watching TV, and it was literally like as soon as the episode ended, I was like, okay, I got to go downstairs and get ready. It ended like. 10 minutes before we went live so i'm like okay i gotta go downstairs and get ready for this you know my friend left whatever it's it's not too bad it is nice to end at like seven o'clock and then i have time to do whatever chores and get ready for the week whatever but you know it's uh it's a blessing and a curse Mm. that's interesting because i would say that the the nine o'clock start time was also a blessing and a curse for me because on the one hand it was late enough that i could do stuff during the afternoon but whenever I would have dinner plans with friends, starting at 8.50 meant that I had to get ready at like 8.40. And that meant I had to like not be out past, you know, I'd try to get home by like 8.20, 8.30 if I was out. So it would like definitely cut things a little short. It'll be interesting to adjust. I don't know. Should we change the time? Would that make it better for you? I don't really mind. I think we should. I think we should see 
we should uh you know see see what you think about the time i personally don't mind it too much yeah. but uh okay and you know it gives the east coast folks a chance to uh to, to tune in so you know we'll see we'll see all right yeah we'll keep it the same now i gotta pull up a comment here because i was thinking you know this wasn't a really big week for apple news however we did have some technology news that I think we got to talk about that okay. I had forgotten about. Yeah. We got to talk about the Cybertruck. Oh, yeah. And I really want to hear your take. Did you watch the uh, delivery event? No, I didn't watch the event. I've read some things mostly on Twitter or X, whatever, mm. but I did not watch the event. Yeah, so it was terrible. <laughs> the the launch event was actually god awful. Really? Um yeah, Elon is one of the worst public speakers I think I've ever seen. Uh he can't string a sentence together for his life and he honestly looked like he didn't rehearse at all. Oh, like geez. he got up there and just winged it, wang it, wung it, I don't know. It looked like he had not practiced anything. Oh, no. And the very first thing he did was, you know, he drove up in the Cybertruck, he got out, and then he stood in the bed of the truck, and it was 100% spontaneous because he was not lit to be in there, <laughs> so his entire head was completely dark and you couldn't see it at all. Oh, no. It looked like a just beheaded man <laughs> was standing there holding a microphone. Oh, no. It's hilarious. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, but I want to get your take on the truck itself. What do you think? Ugh, I mean, I've definitely seen pictures. I've uh, seen some videos as well. I think it looks so goofy. I'm sorry. I, some yeah. people like it. I think Sam... Does Sam actually like it, like, unironically? Oh, yeah. No, but, like, unironically. Oh, yeah. Like, like he's not joking. No, he's not joking. Oh, no. He really, really it's likes. It's so goofy. It's no, it's not good. Yeah, I'm okay. But think about it this way, though. Sam is not the go-to for, you know, if I if I wanted to get advice on like style choices for like a car, I wouldn't go to Sam because he wants like I bet you Sam would love a chrome G wagon, you know. <laughs> He wants a statement. He wants it to be out there and fun and interesting. And the Cybertruck certainly is all of those things, but it's definitely not to my liking. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's... So the thing that stood out to me the most, I mean, besides the look, is actually Elon did the Cybertruck so dirty because there's a lot of stuff about it that is so cool and they didn't talk about it at all. Hmm. Like, so here's the thing. Also, I love that uh, that Richard here in the chat was like, I wouldn't go to you either. Cool. Thank you. You don't have to. I love I love that, you know, the YouTube chat's always got to be. You know, I'm, I'm goofing around with my buddy Sam because we always make fun of each other. And then Richard's just like, oh, yeah? Well, you suck. <laughs> so thanks, Richard. Anyway, a lot of really cool tech in the Cybertruck, unironically. I don't like the look at all, and I certainly am no Elon fan. But the 
the, the coolest things about the Cybertruck, number one, steer by wire. That is a bold move. Lexus is working on that as well. They have, I don't think it's in production yet, but they've, a couple months ago, at the beginning of the year, they had uh, press taking their steer-by-wire car out for a spin, and they put a real, like, yoke in it. So it's like, unlike the, the Cybertruck's kind of like a half yoke, because it's like a very small, squat, little, almost square wheel. Uh, the Lexus one is a real yoke, and it's it's a really cool system. I'm glad that we're finally seeing innovation there, and if anyone's going to push it to the mainstream, Tesla's probably the one. I mean, they're kind of Apple-like in that respect. You know, they'll move fast and break things. Uh, the other thing that they did was it's a 48-volt system in the truck, and... There's some things that are consumer facing that are a benefit from that. There's some things that are not, but it reduces the amount of wiring. It uh, it reduces the current. Uh, there's like a whole, there's a very good explanation that Engineering Explained did. And basically we've been on 12 volt systems for cars since 1956. So Tesla was the first one to actually be like, all right, we're not, let's do something better. And the other thing they did was completely rethink the uh, the way to build a truck. We've been building trucks the same way for 70 years. And they kind of said, hey, let's do it a little differently. Whether that's successful or not is up to you. But undeniably some really cool tech that Elon just didn't talk about at all. Yeah, I think that's a lot of... Uh it's always going to happen. Like this was this this you know the Cybertruck has always been controversial for the entire time, like since it was announced, especially like especially for the the looks and you know the mm -hmm. uh, the timeline, you know, in terms of its you know being delivered now finally, but but you know later than than it was promised and arguably under delivering in terms of like the range, you know, the the final range versus the promised yeah. range and the price. It's more expensive than it was, you know, originally yeah. said to be, which, whatever, I mean, you know, things happen, it takes time, inflation, whatever, 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 but, you know, very controversial, but there's always, that always happens, where these these uh, these very cool things, but they're a little bit more under the hood, uh, no pun intended, a little mm -hmm. bit more, uh, you know, lower, you know, there's just the kind of things that don't get event time, and, like, whatever you think of Musk and the Cybertruck, like, obviously, they're very smart uh, and talented people working at tesla on this so it's like we're gonna like we'll sit here and we're gonna like you know we're gonna make fun of it a bit especially the way that it looks and and whatever but like at the end of the day you know it's there's there's some cool things about it and you know we'll we'll, we'll happily admit that yeah it's it's just a little i do wish like i get that they wanted to make something completely different and in some ways i respect that right like I think honestly, a lot of the traditional automakers seem to be going in a weird direction, especially with EVs. You look at BMW's styling department lately has come up with some really, I guess they're trying to do something different, but it's not really successful in a lot of cases. Um, same with Mercedes, the EQS and the EQE. Holy cow, what were they thinking? They're absolutely hideous. They look like blobfish. So Tesla is by no means the only one 
doing something unconventional and a little bit ugly. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's it's kind of funny because all of the other Teslas, like, you know, the S3, X, and Y, they're all so ubiquitous, mm-hmm. especially here in California. Uh, I mean, in the Bay Area yeah. and, and also, you know, in L.A., whatever. So ubiquitous. It almost seems like, you know, they went... The, all the Teslas, they like the existing ones, all look very similar, and they're so mm-hmm. ubiquitous. They're like, we need to do something completely different and go totally in the other direction, so it's like not even recognizable. And they really did because the Cybertruck's very, very angular, whereas the you know the other Teslas are very uh, you know rounded corners and, and smooth and whatever. Mm-hmm. So in that in that way, you know, I get they're doing something different, and it's still very distinctive while being very different, but like. They, I think personally they went too far in the direction of making something different and it just ends up looking kind of goofy. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely inclined to agree. I think, I mean, I like the cyber concept, right? The stainless steel, the cool, simple design with angular edges. I don't have a problem with any of that. It's very reminiscent of the DeLorean. But I think the execution is it looks like a doorstop. (laughs) And I absolutely dread the pedestrians that have to get run over by one of those being, you know, zero to 60 by a crypto bro. Yeah, those like, I mean, talking about the pedestrians for a second, they're like, very high up off the ground, not very good viewing angles. And then the front of it is mm-hmm. literally just like a jagged edge that's like like right where the where the headlights are is like 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 an edge that it's like gonna impale you like if you're a pedestrian. Mm-hmm. It's like ugh, it's not it's not safe. And and dude, the thing is bulletproof, okay? It's designed not to dent when you hit it with a sledgehammer. So what happens when you hit it with like a human head? Yeah. Not good. Existing Teslas are extremely pedestrian friendly because they've got the big that big plastic bumper which is very safe. The hoods are aluminum, so incredibly safe. It's like being hit by a pillow. The Cybertruck is the exact opposite of that. It's like being hit by I was going to say refrigerator, but refrigerators aren't bulletproof and dent proof. So it's like being hit by an army tank yeah grief literally and it's like it's one of those things where it's like you know they do they do this they're like oh you know it's bulletproof the 99.9 percent of cybertruck owners are never going to encounter a bullet near their truck unless they own the gun and they're you know playing around with it like they're not going to be in a situation where they need their car to be bulletproof and like it's cool to be like Mm -hmm. yeah this truck is so cool and rugged like it's bulletproof whatever yeah but like you you know what i mean it's at that point it's really more marketing whether it's true or false it's really more marketing than than you know practical yeah and also look the the windows are not bulletproof dog it's like it being bulletproof on specifically the metal doors is all well and good but if someone shoots at the window, I mean, it's a ridiculous premise in the first place, right? You don't need a bulletproof car, okay? You're not the Sultan of Brunei. You're not going to, like, you're not, <laughs> I get, whatever someone says, you know, to justify why they want a bulletproof car, 
unless their their job title starts with chancellor, you don't need it. It might be cool, but you don't need it. And let's be honest, you're not going to test it. You're not going to shoot your own car. Yeah. Um, and even if someone does shoot at the car, you're not it, the window. Hello. Anyway, it's you know some things are fun, gimmicky things. Uh, some things are impractical. Like I, I don't know. For example, they talked about how it's faster than a 911 while towing a 911. Now, obviously, the 911 that they raced was not the fastest 911 there is. Uh, I couldn't see if it was a GTS or uh, an S or a base or an R, which is mostly like a base, but it's like a styling package. I couldn't see which trim it was, so I don't know exactly what the speed of the car they were racing was, but it wasn't a Turbo S, which is the fastest 911, which would, I believe, be faster than the fastest Cybertruck. Still crazy that a 7,000-pound truck can keep up with a 911 Turbo S, make no mistake. But what I pointed out on Twitter was that the top speed is 130 miles an hour on the Cyber Beast. On the regular one, it's like 110. And people were like, oh, why do you care, bro? Why are you going Why are you going 130 miles an hour? I'm like, okay, I'm not going 130 miles an hour, but you're also not going to race a 911 while towing a 911. So if we're talking about made-up stats that don't, that don't matter, like you can't, you can't just draw the line wherever you want it to be at, you know... It beating a 911 is a useful feature, but it going 130 miles an hour doesn't matter because that's pointless and you can't do that legally. You also can't legally drag race a 911 on public roads. So like, you know, <laughs> it's meaningless either way. Yeah, I would I would argue that both of them are meaningless like practically speaking, but like yeah, obviously they're going to talk about the one that looks good to them and not. And like, it's cool. What is it like? Isn't it like two point six seconds plus the rolling speed? That's they said it was like two point six seconds minus rolling speed for a zero to sixty for the mm-hmm. cyber. I think that's what they said. Which is yeah. like, which is crazy. Like that's super super fast. But like, that's also kind of scary. Do you want? Do you want that seven ton? You know, hunk of metal to to accelerate that quickly? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Big cars are kind of frightening. I don't, I don't think I would want to get in an accident with one of those. But this being Tesla, if you're in it, you'll be safe as hell. Guarantee you that. Mainly because it's like a school bus. But honestly, I, dude, I think it's kind of unfortunate because it, when you set aside the Elon and the styling and the sort of controversy of the Cybertruck. The actual engineering and the tech is ridiculously cool. And Tesla is kind of unique in that they're willing to make a vehicle and, well, hopefully start delivering it to people that has crazy cool tech like that. Um, ironically, I think the the video that I watched that actually did the best job of explaining the Cybertruck and how cool it actually is was Jason Camisa on Haggerty. They have like a 30-minute video that's incredibly well-produced and very informative. And all of that stuff, I was like, oh, wow. Why didn't 
Elon talk about any of this. Like all he did was stand up there and be like, the future is going to look like the future and it can withstand a, a bow and arrow. And I'm like, dude, talk about the tech too. I mean, that stuff is fun and like, you know, go for it. Talk about it. People like that. But it would have definitely been nice to see them talk about some of the legitimate breakthrough engineering that is on that thing. It's so cool. Yeah, I you're making me want to check out the the uh, delivery events. I might I might uh, give it a give it a watch and see what they actually talked about. Yeah, dude, you gotta watch it. It's so funny. He <laughs> he just like stands completely out of frame, and um, also every time they cut to like a video clip, they didn't. It, it, the video clips weren't like standalone things like you know when apple cuts to a video clip it has audio and it's like you know it, it it is something at the delivery event they didn't really do that so they were like 15 or 20 second clips that they would play but they wouldn't cut elon's mic so we just hear him like breathing or like he'd be like so uh yeah so that's cool and then <laughs> oh, no. and then there would just be like a silent video it was very, it was a little awkward. <laughs> oh, geez. Sam oh, is here. No. He wants you to go ha- Habsies on a Cybertruck. You know, you know what? If I, if I, it would be nice to have, you know, a car to, to drive around in, in LA. Mm-hmm. And I think the cyber, for better or worse, the Cybertruck would definitely turn heads uh, so you know what? Or Sam? cut them off. Or cut them off. Well, you know if they, you know if they go in front, if they're on the sidewalk, you know where they belong. Mm-hmm. Those those darn pedestrians. Uh, <laughs> what about cyclists? Get them off the roads. Oh yeah, I hate them. Run them down. They're, they're the worst. They deserve it. They're asking for it. They're asking for it. They're all like, "Ooh, I'm on my little contraption from the 1890s <laughs> on the middle of a road." I'm like, "Yeah, I got a cyber truck. Get out of the way." Yes. So I yes, Sam, I will uh I will I will join you on that. I'm sure I unironically, unironically Sam's going to get one. That's I believe it. I don't know if he's actually going to get one. Maybe maybe not now, but like eventually I could definitely see him. I could 100% see him driving maybe. one. I don't know. Look, I'm not going to lie. I think it would be a really fun vehicle to go around in. Like I would never own one because Wait, do you know how wide it is? I looked this up the other day. What? Or how wide is so it? So let me let me start with um, context, okay? You drive a Polestar 2, right? I sure do. That car is 73 inches wide. Okay. okay? So Sam drives a Tesla Model S that's 78 inches wide. Okay. Model S is a big car, 78 inches wide. Yeah. So, what's another car that you would say is a big car? Um, like a big, like like a sedan or or anything. Could be an SUV too. A big car. How about like a Mazda CX nine? It's pretty big. Okay, that's a big car. Uh, Mazda CX nine dimensions. Let's see. All right, Mazda CX nine also seventy eight inches wide. And 199 inches long. Okay. Okay. That's a big car. 68 inches tall. Um, That's that's a large SUV size. Pretty standard size. 
The Cybertruck is 95 inches wide. Jeez. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And it's 223 inches long. So it's it's two feet longer than a CX-9. It's a foot and a half wider, and it's 70 inches tall. So weirdly, only two inches taller than a CX-9. But the thing is massive. I didn't realize it was that big. Jeez, that seems... Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like, when you look at... I feel like when you look at this thing, it's so, like... It looks so different than what you expect that it's like almost hard to tell how big it is unless yeah. there's something next it to it. It doesn't have scale. A, exactly. It doesn't have like the the perspective of scale that we're normally used to. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. But that's like, ugh, I can't imagine parking that thing like that like having to park that thing, having to like maneuver through like a parking garage like imagine imagine if you mm. own that thing like in LA and you have to like drive it on those streets like in that traffic like deal with the parking parking garages whatever <laughs> that is not a car for a city not or a truck or whatever like that's kind of rough a vehicle yeah that's okay rough. I will say though you can't forget it does have rear wheel steering so that significantly significantly improves its maneuverability in the road tests that I saw, it it actually had a pretty relatively tight turning circle. Like, I mean, obviously it's still huge, but I don't think it would be that terrible for driving, for like maneuvering around a city street in terms of steering, but the size is definitely still a thing. It's hard to get around that. Yeah, that's gonna be okay. Now I'm curious, like, how does that compare to a truck, like an F one fifty Lightning or something? That's a good question. F one fifty Lightning dimensions. I have to type all of this one handed because I don't have a mic arm. Yeah. What the heck? It actually got delivered, so I can go pick it up after the podcast, which oh, is super boy. helpful. <laughs> okay, F one fifty Lightning. So, interestingly enough, the F-150 Lightning is seven inches taller, and it's actually longer. Hmm. It's 232 inches long, but it is 15 inches narrower. It's 80 inches wide instead of 95. Hmm. So, that's significant. Um, I don't know. Personally, vehicles that big are not for me. And especially the proliferation of giant, huge trucks, I think is a problem. And I, people are probably going to yell at me for that. People are going to be like, oh, yeah, I want my truck because I have to go to Home Depot and buy drywall. You know, okay, that's fine. If you got to go buy drywall, that's fine. But I'm just saying, I have seen literally hundreds of these pickup trucks and 99% of them have an empty bed. Yeah, there's there's definitely like uh, I don't know. I feel like yeah, it's people like part of it is the the image or the lifestyle of like, you know, being a person that owns a truck or whatever. But I feel like the interesting right. thing with the Cybertruck is it will 
appeal to a subset of those people, the truck people. There's definitely mm-hmm. a subset of those people that would never buy a cyber truck. They would because it represents everything that they hate about, you know, modern society. But but there's a subset of people that would buy that. But I feel like it's it also appeals to other people. Like, okay, Sam, for example, I feel like he wouldn't buy a truck. But he would, but he would potentially buy a cyber, buy a cyber truck. truck. So it's going to appeal to people. That's a good point. And those people definitely don't need a truck, right? Like there are some people yeah. that like don't really need it, but like maybe they use it occasionally. There are going to be people that buy the cyber truck, and they definitely don't need you know to have a truck. But but you know it's a it's a Tesla thing. It's whatever they're going to buy it. <sighs> That's a really good point. I think you're right. I, I the way that it's all been positioned is like we're reinventing the truck, but to your point, I don't think that this is going to be replacing, like, I don't think you're going to find that many F-350 owners that are switching. I'm sure there's going to be some, but a lot of the, the, the thing that truck bros love is their V8 motor and their lifted suspension mm-hmm. and that they get to roll coal on people and, you know, maybe they, or they just are like, you know, a contractor, someone that's actually got to haul stuff. And one of the big problems with electric trucks is the range and specifically the range when you tow stuff, because if you are going to buy a cyber truck for legitimate, like professional stuff, and you are actually going to tow 11,000 pounds, which they say is possible, guarantee that 340 miles of range is not going to stick around, right? So... Does it appeal to truck people? Maybe some. But to your point, I think it's going to appeal to people that buy G-Wagons. It's going to appeal to people that buy, you know, like, what are other big, uh, Hummers. You remember when the Hummer, like the 2000s, the OG Hummer. This, that's the type of vehicle this is. I don't, I think you're right that it's not, if you break down the subset of people that are going to buy this, you, you'll find some people that will be like, oh, okay, this actually is like a practical vehicle for me that happens to look and, and be quite a statement. But you will definitely get a lot of people who are pure statement buyers who will probably like wipe down the bed if it gets dirty and won't put anything in it because they won't want to scratch it. Yeah, and like that's, you know, probably a good thing for Tesla because it's a it's a different market right like it's not Mm -hmm. you know if the truck market i don't know you're the car expert but if the if the truck market is going to be saturated whether or not it is but if it's going to be saturated i feel like this market of people who like wouldn't buy a truck but would buy a cyber truck is potentially underserved or like you said you know there are vehicles that that exist for these people but you know the cyber truck is it is going to be an attractive option for them? So it's mm-hmm. you know maybe it's you know, smart. I like I, I get it. You know, yeah. I think honestly, you're right. It's it's the it's not really the truck market. It's not really for the EV market. It's for the statement vehicle market. That's what I'm going to call it. It's a statement vehicle. I like that. And like I'll be honest, to to an extent, to a lesser extent, my like. The Polestar 2 for me was kind of like that because I specifically, well, insofar as I specifically wanted an EV, I knew I wanted an EV, Mm -hmm. but I didn't want 
to get a Tesla, primarily because mm. there are so many Teslas around here and they all look the same and whatever. And there's nothing wrong. I had a Tesla as a rental car for a few days, so I got to like fully experience it. And I totally get why people like them. The infotainment system is great. The charging experience is great. It really is the iPhone of EVs and everything else is the Android of EVs. It 100% mm-hmm. is like that. Yeah. No, I, you're you're totally right. My girlfriend just got a Model 3 back in May and having now driven several hundred miles in it over the couple months, I, I firmly believe that the Model 3 may be the best overall car that you can buy. It's 40 grand, it's electric, it's got you know acceptable range for 40 grand, it's got decent luxury, it's got great software, it has pretty darn good driving dynamics for, I mean, maybe not you know to go on a racetrack, but for driving around town, the seating position is excellent, the visibility is great because they kind of, let's call it they took inspiration from Porsche, right? So the, the thing that Porsche has done for decades now, ever since the very beginning, because they're rear-engined or mid-engined, is you can have a front hood line that's really, really low. Most cars kind of go forward and then down because they have an engine there. But what Porsches have always done is go right down. So you get a really, really, really good position, very great view, and you get those humps for... In, in the case of Porsche, that's where the headlights are and the wheel wells. Tesla kind of has that a little bit too. So you get really, it's really easy to know where the wheels are, to know, like, it's very easy for your brain to map the dimensions of the car. It's very well thought out. You know, there's really nothing wrong with it. But as Richard points out, it looks like a computer mouse. And that's honestly not wrong. It's not the car that I would want for the same reasons as you. It's it's everywhere. It's kind of a vanilla car. It's the iPhone 15 car. But gosh dang, it's really good. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, to, to my point, you know, exactly what you said, like the Tesla is a great car. It's a great option. Uh, but I wanted something a bit different, uh, you know, something that wasn't mm-hmm. a Tesla, but I knew I wanted an EV. And so that's why I got the Polestar. Now, the Polestar is not like the Cybertruck insofar as the Polestar looks much, you know, it blends in more. It looks much more reasonable. I still think it looks pretty cool. I like the way that it looks, but it is not a statement in the way that the Cybertruck is a statement. And personally, I'm happy with Mm -hmm. that. I'm happy to have, you know, a different car, but not something that looks like it came from a different planet. That's essentially you yeah. know, where, I, where I'm standing. Yeah. And in fact, actually speaking of that, Noah, I, I, I have a proposition for you. Okay. okay. Because as you may recall, my, my, I currently lease an Audi A6. My lease is up at the very beginning of May. And I now live in a building where for 100 bucks... I can get a dedicated EV charger with unlimited charging included in that price, which is actually Whoa. kind of a ridiculous deal if you think about it. Yeah. That, wait, for wait, so it's $100 and you get unlimited mm-hmm. electricity. Yes, sir. 
Kind of nuts. That's pretty nice. So it has legitimately like living in a building where I have that has completely shifted the calculations for a vehicle. Now, I, I leased an A6 in 2021 in May because specifically I didn't want to get a Model 3 or a Model S. Well, the Model S, even if I wanted one, was and still is too expensive for me. It's not what I want. And they just didn't, the, the, the electric options that were available in May, May of 2021 weren't what I was looking for. Now there are more options out. And the fact that I could basically for a hundred bucks never have to spend any more than that for charging unless I go on a road trip totally shifts the calculus, right? Because it means that you can spend more on an EV and still come out the same because I would definitely be saving a, a crap load of money on gas. Yeah. So... Long-winded way of saying, when you come here next week or the week after that, I think it is, I think we should go test drive a Lucid Air. Ooh, yes. We right? Should. Yeah, let's do it. Because the Lucid Air is so slept on. And I'm really sad about that. Lucid has a... They're going through a really rough time. Yeah. And uh, they... I don't know. We're... we're they just unveiled the gravity, which I really think they should have done first, if I'm being honest. They did the, they're clearly doing the Tesla model, right? You know, big sedan, then big SUV, then small sedan, then small SUV. They, it makes sense. I mean, it's Peter Rawlinson, right? He's going to do a similar model. But the timing was not great for them because the EV market cooled off and nobody wants to spend hundred grand on a sedan anymore. But as a result of that, they have some pretty tempting lease deals, which also mean that I wouldn't have to be sort of, you know, stuck with an $80,000 car if the company goes out of business. And then all of a sudden I'm just like, oh, this sucks. Yeah. If it's a lease, you're kind of like, mm, I'm just tasting it, right? I'm just doing a, just a taste. Yeah, yeah. So I think we should do it. You know, 400 miles of range, 0 to 60, 3.8 seconds. That's the base model, by the way. That's crazy. Those are some appealing-looking vehicles. Yeah, they look they look really nice, and they're still they're still super uncommon. They're definitely like yes, definitely one of the rarer. Like even even I'll say Polestar is still pretty rare in my area, but like. Mm -hmm. I won't be shocked if I see one. I'll probably only see one, maybe two, but like I won't be shocked. But the Lucid Air is definitely even more rare than that, and I I very rarely see them. But when yeah. I do, I always you know obviously I always notice them. They're 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 cool cars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I honestly I'm not a hundred percent sold on the looks. I think if I were picking a car, money no object, range not a factor. I'm just talking about looks. It's Porsche Taycan by Country Mile or Audi e-tron GT. Two very similar takes on a similar style of car because underneath they're the same thing. But man, those things look good. The problem is though, I do have I do have beef with the Taycan and the e-tron GT. The e-tron GT, 
I love the look of, but the infotainment system is the same as what I have in the A6. And it's fine, it's basic, but it's fine, but it's a little dated. The gauge cluster, the digital gauge cluster is a little small. The center screen is nine inches. It's a little small. You know, all the other EVs have like these huge screens and the nine inch screen is too small. And then the other problem that I have with the Taycan and with the e-tron GT is the range. It's like 250, 240 miles. You can get the Taycan with range extender and that bumps it up to like almost 300. But dude, then it's like if you want to get the, the Taycan with the range extender and you want to get the all-wheel drive, the Taycan 4S, by the time you do those things, it's like 120 grand. I'm not trying to, I can't afford that. So then we're back to Lucid. Yeah, they look, I mean, it looks, I, I, I don't know all the details about them, but it, it looks like a pretty nice vehicle. So I think we should definitely, definitely go for a test drive. Yeah, but right now, unfortunately, we got a test drive wrapping up this episode because we we definitely we got onto a bit of an ev binge today i do love that uh we get the comments you know anyone else remember when this was an apple podcast we did talk about apple for the first half and for like 102 out of 104 episodes that we've done but fair point we got onto a bit of an ev discussion today <laughs> i mean there is not that much going on with apple these days we went we were off for like three weeks and i don't think anything really happened so you know yeah sometimes you gotta <laughs> you gotta branch out a little bit yeah and i think i think people enjoyed it we had a pretty consistent viewership i always can tell if we're being boring because because you know 20 30 people will leave and then i'm like oh okay we're we're, we're doing a boring one today but <laughs> Maybe it was just the new surroundings or the fact we've been off for a while, but people were sticking around today. That's good. <laughs> but unfortunately, they can no longer stick around because the show's over. Sorry. I've been your host, Luke Miani. And I've been your host, Noah Rubin. We'll see you next week for another episode and have a great night. Take care. <laughs>